Hello and welcome to Innovating with Your Career, presented by Ascend Canada. Ascend Canada's vision is to have a diverse and inclusive Canada where Pan-Asian talent can achieve its full potential. This will be a three-part pilot podcast series where we will provide listeners with innovation principles that are usually applied in a business context but can have applicability to one's career. I am your host, Anish Patel. Today, I'd like to welcome a leader who's known for her brand as a change agent. Cheryl Liu. Thank you for having me here. I'm very glad that I can join your podcast to kind of share some of the experiences that I have and I hope that will help the listeners take some away to apply in their career. We're excited to have you, Cheryl. Welcome. Cheryl, you've got an interesting background. Can you share with our listeners a bit of that background? Sure. Um, so, you know, not long ago, I was talking to someone talking about, you know, um, as a Pan-Asian, how do we progress our career in the organization? And the person kind of saying to me is, um, you may not understand because you are in, you know, audit, which is under the big finance world, which a lot of Pan-Asians are kind of starting their career with. Um, and then I say, well, unfortunately, no, that's not the uh, that's not the traditional career path that I decided to take for myself. I actually started from capital market, which is known for a male dominant um, area, you know, type A personalities, um, usually in those environment. Um, so, you know, for me to start my career, I actually stayed in capital market for about 12 years. Um, for me to be there as um, probably one of the few uh, women, um, a lot of times when I walk into a big you know, boardroom or meeting room, I'm the only woman, and let alone I'm you know, a visible minority, a Pan-Asian, um, in that environment. And so it, it, that environment actually gave me a lot of uh, kind of funda- foundations for me to grow my career differently than other people. So having worked in TD Securities, as you've mentioned, a traditionally male-dominated environment, what have been some tips that you can share with our listeners today that help you be heard right. and uh, have your voice matter where you were able to actually influence the people at the table? Right. So I think it's um, the approach that I decided to take. It's not an easy recognition to actually to say, okay, that's actually the approach that I'm going to take and it actually works. It, it took me a while, obviously, to recognize and to see the differences that I have compared to other people. So rather than trying to blend in um, or trying to be the same as everybody else, I decided to recognize I am different. I'm Pan-Asian and I'm a woman in this environment. So what type of advantage that I can leverage um, to use it to my own kind of, you know, differentiate myself in that type of environment. And that's what I mentioned, you know, in that environment is, you know, uh, type A personalities. And so everybody has a very strong opinions. And as a woman or as a Pan-Asian, we learn it, at least in the culture that I've been upbringing is I have two years in one month. And so I, I, I tend to listen twice before I speak. And so because of that, um, culture or that upbringing actually gave me the advantage of learning how to listen to other people's opinion. And I became the person who is able to consolidate a lot of people's opinion and get to that, you know, common grounds or to that consensus. And naturally that becomes, I am the one who kind of can lead the conversation. I'm the one who can actually bring the different opinions together. And because I decided to recognize the culture or to recognize who I am rather than trying to 
blend in or trying to cover up the differences that I have. And so in that environment, uh, that's one thing I, I decided to do. Um, leverage of the differences becomes of my advantage. Um, and then secondly is um, because I'm a woman and in my mind, that's okay to be the woman or probably the only woman at the time that I'm actually managing those you know, functions. And so uh, I kind of joke about it, uh, but I actually felt proud of, uh, of the, the functions that I was leading because it's called value at risk. And so it's one of particular function and I became the VAR queen in that function. <laughs> so I've been known for um, you know, someone who is different um, in that environment, but I'm also proud of it too. And so I think it's when you start recognizing your difference and use that as your advantage towards the, um, I guess, the differences that you can actually see, that will actually drive to a better result rather than trying to be like everybody else or trying to blend it uh, because that's not the authentic you. I couldn't agree with you more. From what we've seen in terms of brands that have been able to differentiate themselves, it's the ones that do it differently. Right. Apple's one that, that sort of carved out their own category when right. it comes to best-in-class products. I love the mention of leaning into the differences and the complementary skills mm -hmm. versus replicating sort right. of what you see around you. Oh, these are my leaders and these are the ways that they carry themselves. Right. Some of these things are great, but what's missing? And you went down the route of figuring out how can you bring additional value to that table versus just being another loud voice, for <laughs> lack of better words. Exactly. Thank you for sharing those insights. So you've moved from capital markets into auditing, and that too in a very data-heavy focused role. Can you tell us a bit more about what brought that move and, and shed a bit more light on how was that move possible? Um, thank you for that question, because uh, I, I felt this is one of the journey I would love to share with everyone who's considering getting out of your comfort zone, um, things that you probably, you know, have certain perceptions about, um, and how do you move from, you know, one area to the other. And so I'm going to start sharing these uh, backgrounds a little bit uh, of two aspects, because um, it helps me to move from capital market into audit. It's actually uh, because of sponsorship or the sponsors that who helped me. Um, that's one. And then the second component is, um, the approach or the uh, way of looking at my career. So maybe we kind of bring it back to the innovation or in a, in a kind of different or creative way of how you're managing your career. So I was starting from um, the sponsorship component. When I work with uh, my previous SVP um, on, you know, uh, what would be the, my next role it should be, um, and the SVP kind of, at the time, he was telling me to say, um, for you to take on the functions that I want you to deliver, here are the three deliverables I want you to deliver, and I want you to finish everything within 18 to 24 months. And in my mind, I was thinking that's almost impossible because what he was asking me to do is very difficult. And if those are the things in that particular area, people had tried that before. And so I... What I decided to do is I agree with him, took on the challenge, but I did not take on the challenge myself. I, I share that. So I've been very transparent to my SVP to say, if you want me to take on these type of accountabilities, I need you to be onboarded with me. 
So all the proposal I'm coming forward, you have to carefully review, look, and then support me. Don't let me just do the job myself. So that's one. Second component is I also didn't take the challenge and the risks myself either. I have four senior manager. What I decided to do is I decided to split the accountability to each one of them. So I almost kind of de-risk to centralize the risk at my level. I de-risk it and then so I give it to uh, one-fourth of the component to each of the senior manager. So one, they will have the buy-in to execute what my vision is. And so they are on the same boat with me. And so we can work towards the same goal rather than that's my goal, not their goal. So we are basically working together as a team to make that realignment happen. Second is I have my SVPs sponsor or kind of support because change is not easy. Change also requires sometimes outside of our um, organization's help too. And so with my SVP's help, basically we are able to kind of make that changes within 18 months and which we are very proud of because obviously there's a lot more to it. But I think it's every time when we're trying to change something um, or you know make significant shift of the mindset, um, try not to take it on as that's the only tasks um, that you are delivering. You share that with your stakeholder, you share that with your team, and you make sure that they also see the same vision as what you see. That way you almost have an alliance and also support um, uh, top down, bottom up to make you and then to help you to drive the change. And so because of that, um, I was able to deliver the change that my SVP was looking for. And so when um, the previous chief auditor was looking for someone who can come in to uh, develop a brand new data strategy within the audit division, he is looking for uh, someone who can work in the gray zone who is actually comfortable with not um, a lot of guidance, um, with you know a lot of ambiguities, and then is able to kind of uh, make things from scratch or change things from scratch. And I think is that's where um, my name got brought up because they are both, um, they actually took the gold train together. And so when they were kind of chatting about, these are the things that I'm looking for in the you know, audit division, and my SVP basically say, I have somebody who just made the change to one of the most difficult changes in my, um, you know, in, in my world. And that person could be also another, you know, kind of ideal candidate for you. And so to me is without the sponsorship of my SVP, it will be hard for me, obviously, to move from one area to the other. But sponsorship needs to be earned. So it's not something that will just kind of hand it uh, freely to you. I also earn it through the work I have demonstrated. I have the capabilities to deliver uh, what my SVP is looking for. And so that became a kind of a perfect match um, to begin with. Secondly, it also has to become from me, who is also looking for a different challenges. And so people very often ask me to say, why would you decide to go to audit? Why not a different area? I say, very good question. To be honest, um, everybody has that kind of, you know, a tendencies of staying within your comfort zone. And so when I was looking for my next role, I was also looking for area that I'm comfortable with. Um, I'm also very lucky to have a very good mentor. Um, when I was sharing 
what I want to do as my next role, I started sharing with my mentor to say, because I have certain skill sets and experiences, maybe this is, you know, area A or area B will be something that I'm looking for. So while I was talking about which area I want to get into, my mentor said, stop thinking which area that you want to get into. Think about what is the skill sets that you want to develop in your next role. And so that made me actually rethink about how can I actually do the search for my next area? And when I start writing out what type of skill sets I really want to develop for my next role, it just so happened the data strategy role in uh, audit match with the um, profiles that I created for myself. And because of that match, my SVP also supports it because I also shared the profile I created with him. And he said, that's a perfect match for what you're looking for for your next career role. And that's kind of, you know, um, put it all together as a package to say, so when, when kind of for me to move into audit division. And so a lot of times people ask me to say, why are you interested in an audit? I say, I did not target an audit. I actually targeted the role that will actually um, let me grow. And it just so happened that role is actually an audit. Appreciate you sharing those insights with us, kind of like the behind the curtain of what actually took place to have you move from the capital markets to audit. I wanna, reiterate some of the themes that I took away from what you've shared. Mm -hmm. The endorsement from your leader, the ability to have the confidence to say, I'm not going to say no for this request, I'll say yes, but in order for me to be set up for success, I'm going to need you in the trenches with me. Right. You're not shying away from knowing that it's easier done with a village than by yourself. Uh, you mentioned empowering your direct reports where you made it their victory and not your own. Right. You were able to empower them to say, hey, these are the different streams of work that are in flight, and I want you to run with it, empowering them to kind of come up with solutions, and then collectively, again, leaning into your core competencies, you were able to piece it all together. I'd agree, being a change agent is not easy, um, but it sounds like it's something that you've naturally started sort of becoming an expert in. Um, it's exciting to hear and, and working in the gray and ambiguity, I think a lot of folks that think about innovation, it happens in the gray, but I think one of the things that you're helping myself and hopefully our listeners sort of wrap our heads around is innovation doesn't need to be an isolated activity. It can be one that, as a group, can be achieved. Um, and figuring out the right skills, experiences, and sort of the pain points is easier with more than one brain. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned you were able to find a unique skill that peers of yours lack. You were able to enter a room and become very observant on seeing what many of the surrounding team members possessed in terms of very confident, very dominant personalities. <laughs> and you recognize the lack of a sound uh, voice of sorts where the personalities needed someone to not facilitate, but to create alignment. And you, without being told in any way, took on that responsibility of creating that alignment. 
Can you tell us more about how you did that? So I have to credit this back to us in Canada. Um, so Calvin、uh, Trent reached out by a few years ago, asked me to、uh, attend the Executive Insight Series. Through that three-day course, it opens up my mind of what are the things that Pan Asian、um, value or the way how we've been brought up and how that impacts maybe my thought process, maybe my behavior. Without that course, I will think those behaviors or mindset are part of my personality. And because it's a personality, you will never think about you trying to change that because you will feel that's part of you. You you shouldn't change that. For example, if I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert. I won't kind of think about I would change that. But because of that insights,、um, executive insight series, share with me or open up my my eyes in a way is there are certain things because of the、uh, my value or the way I've been brought up. So for example. Going back to what I said, you know, the, the Chinese culture is you have two ears and one mouth, so you better listen twice before you speak. And so it's almost kind of respect to elder, respect to authority, and that makes me feel I need to be quiet. I need to listen first to you know the authority or、uh, the people who have a higher hierarchies talking about because they they must be right. And but because of that executive insight series. Taught me, it's my upbringing. So it's actually something that you can actually learn to adjust and learn to change and recognize that as the differences. And so I start thinking of the disadvantage or the difference becomes my advantage or becomes things I can adopt or adjust to the environment that I'm actually in. And that kind of helps me to see、um, the initial. I guess the differences or the initial disadvantage that I have in that male-dominant environment to something that I feel I can actually leverage of what I have and other I recognize that what other people don't have because I'm different, and how can I actually use that to bring different value to the table? And that actually helps me to kind of change my thought process and change the way how I approach things. And I, I would say again, that's going back to. What Asen really helps me because Asen really brings out、um, what's the differences in the Pan Asian and then also the cultures that we we actually、um, grew up, which we should cherish too. Great insight. It sounds like a great workshop that really helped reframe the conversation from thinking about your upbringing, your culture, and thinking some of the learnings were things that weakened you. Instead. It gave you a, a new lens to look through, to see being respectful, being observant, having two ears, one mouth are things that you've been conscious of since you were young.、Mm-hmm. And in a room where being the only female, being a visible minority, the upbringings are highly likely not the same.、Right. And being able to lean into it and understanding how to. Applying the values、yeah. um, has been great. Yes. <laughs> to switch gears a little, a question that we never actually got、um, an answer for because I've never asked it.、Okay. But to switch gears,、um, what does innovation mean to you?、Um, I think it's a lot of times people will think innovation has to be something 
very creative, very different. Um, the way how I look at an innovation is almost kind of a guiding principle in my mind is what I can do to add different value um, for the organization, for the things I do, and even as a mom uh, at home, what are the different perspectives I can share with my child? And so it does not have to be the most amazing things, the best product. Um, to me, innovation should be part of your daily life, should be part of your natural thinking, is what type of different value that you are putting on the table. To me, that's actually innovation not just the big eye of the best products or the most amazing projects that you deliver. I love the definition. Great conversation so far. As we near the end of our time together, what are three takeaways you'd like to leave with our listeners on this podcast today? So I would say, you know, uh, innovation, um, it is something that um, you can, pr you need to obviously practice every day. Um, it's like, you know, it's a muscle. It's that you have muscle memories. And that's what I kind of, you know, uh, leverage from the experiences that I have is the first time when I'm trying to do this, it's not something easy. That's why I say it took me a while even to recognize my own differences and how do I apply the differences um, into something that will work towards my advantage. And when you try it once, twice, obviously it will become more naturally. And so same thing as, you know, when you say, you know, I'm known for change agent, it's not easy to do it the first time. But I think the more that you're trying to practice, the better the result you will come. Um, secondly is um, the innovation. I think it also requires you remove a lot of assumptions that you have. So it's very interesting, just like, you know, um, when people say, oh, you will not understand this because you are in an audit, you're in an accounting area. I came from capital market, right? And so uh, what type of uh, kind of... Um, pre-assumptions that you even made for yourself, or when you are searching for your next challenges, uh, what type of boundaries that you start putting here for yourself. And using an example, a lot of times when you look for um, uh, another job postings, and the job posting will tell you to say, oh, this requires maybe you know SaaS skills for five years that you have to be able to work with SaaS language. I think a lot of times when we look at that, we kind of put in the, the pre-assumption is, oh, I don't have that skill set, so I'm not qualified for the job. I'm asking you to think innovatively, think differently is, first of all, why would that job require the soft skill sets to begin with? Um, why would a certain job require that type of uh, you know, skill sets or, or uh, type of um, you know, experiences to begin with? And understanding that, it's more importantly just to kind of put in the boundary for yourself to say, I, I don't have it or I never had that experience before, right? And the last piece is what I mentioned about um, networking or the sponsorship. I think it's a lot of times is your mentor, your even your peers, your people that you're working with, with a leader that you trust um, will give you very different perspective of how you look at your career or how you look at the things that you want to do. And I think it's that um, outside voice definitely will help you to look at your career differently and then to help you to kind of achieve uh, different goals. So I would say those are the three key takeaways. I would like to leave, leave it with our listeners. Great takeaways. Earlier before we started the podcast, you had mentioned the empowerment of your narrative, mm -hmm. your story. Lean into the components that light you up, bring a joy to you. Don't get fixated on what you don't have 
and sort of re-summate the conversation to be what is your strength that your unique factor that you have that someone else doesn't have and I think when you take that view on it you will find a way to always add value no matter what the situation is. I love the example of having those outside voices also play a role. Be a critical thinker in terms of understanding if what they're saying fits with the situation, um, but having those trusted alliances go a long way, especially when it comes to an idea uh, where you may be blinded by having seen it for too long and then mm. sort of drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Um, it's always helpful to have a trusted voice sort of help sanity check. For listeners who mm -hmm. are considering a pivot of sort from their current role into possibly a space where they don't have those skills that are sort of on the job application, the SaaS skills, the X amount of years with something specific, what are some tidbits you'd share with them in terms of positioning themselves to effectively sort of tackle that interview. Yeah. Um, so maybe before we jump into interview component, um, also my mentor shared with me, um, when I look at for my next role, how do I do assessment to tell myself that is actually a good role to jumping into it? He said he has that uh, one-third rule. And he said, any new role that you are considering for your next opportunity, one third of the job itself or the role itself, you should be able to make impact right away. So that's one third. Another one third, it will be something kind of make you feel a bit nervous. You know you have to learn. You know there's going to be a steep learning curve, um, but you know you can do it. it. You just need time. And I say, what about the other one third? He said, the, other, the last one third should scare the hell out of you <laughs> because that's the only component that you will truly grow exponentially that you don't even know that you have those potentials in you and so i've been using that one third rules um, to help me and even when i do the transition into audit i actually try to apply that because um, a lot of times is you have a lot of skills you may not be aware it's actually transferable so when you actually go through that exercise you will realize a lot of things we do are kind of somewhat similar in some you know aspects of it and so that's the one third that you can actually make impact right away there's going to be one third that you know you need to learn because you you kind of understand knowing about it but you're just not the expert um the, the other one third i have to be honest is when i first joined audit the first probably three to six months i really go home every day with a headache just because that was the area that was so uncomfortable, I didn't even know where to start. Um, but to be honest, that's also the area that I probably grow the most. It's great to hear from your time in a new space where that one third of it's got a scare you, <laughs> it lived up and knowing that it was supposed to and it's not this uncomfortable scenario that only you're going through but it's anyone that goes into a space where um, they may not have that sort of history of expertise in mm -hmm. there's going to be a steep learning curve but it's not a, it's, it's a normal thing to it happen Cheryl this has been great 
I want to thank you once again for taking the time to speak with us today. I am sure, like myself, many of our listeners value the insights you've been able to share with us. Before we say goodbye, if our listeners would like to hear more from you, is there a place to do so? Are you on LinkedIn, Instagram, yeah. Facebook? <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn, so you know, feel free to connect with me. Um, definitely, I would love to share my experiences and um, to help other people if they have a different questions uh, regarding about in their career. Always more than happy to to help. Amazing! Thank you once again, listeners. Keep a lookout for the last episode of our pilot podcast series, and stay well and keep innovating.